Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Today on Exploring Missions, we have a studio full of people. Nathan, it's always exciting. It's sort of like preaching. It's easier to preach to a big crowd than it is a, a small crowd. It is. We're going to have to hold you back and keep you from preaching to I'm us today. I'm telling you what, I, I see one or two that really need some preaching to. We won't call <laughs> the man by name, but anyway, we will. But anyway, we have guests today, and we are honored to have them. And this are, is people from the church where Jan and I are members, Ingemar Baptist Church. I went there as pastor, and I left and left for 28 years and then came back as interim pastor, moved my membership there, and I was going to go from church to church uh, doing supply work, and they said, why don't you leave your membership here? And I have, and they pray for Jan and me, and they pray for our family, and uh, they do not know how much they mean to me. And I get emotional talking about it, but it's good to have Ingemar Baptist Church members here today. And they are Billy, Shirley, and Sandy. And uh, guys, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we want to talk about mission trips that the church at Ingemar has made. They they send them all over. Uh, but we want to talk specifically about some some that you guys have been on, and one recently in particular. Where Billy? Where did y'all go? And this summer, we went to Gardner, Montana. That is way up there, isn't it? It's in the southern part of Montana, right at the northern gate of Yellowstone Park. Okay. I just got asked, did y'all take a detour and go to Yellowstone while you were there? Uh, we did a few afternoons, and one day we took one complete day and, and toured the uh, park. Nathan, that's called stewardship. Yes. That's right. You know, that is. You don't want to waste a journey like that and get that close to Yellowstone and not make that part of it. And, and I agree that on all mission trips, do that. Uh, with the youth, make that real. I remember when you and I went to Nicaragua, uh, you, we got to go to other places. The, they call it, down, it's not the rainforest there, but it's similar to the rainforest and and uh, went to the the uh, volcano. And so yep. you take these side trips and they really bless people and your witness while you're there. Tell us what you did in Montana on this mission trip. Well, first of all, the way I, I've figured out that I wanted to go to Gardner, Montana, is the Lord just laid it on my heart that I need to go to Montana, or at least up in that area. And I contacted at least 10 churches in Montana, and I felt like that these this church fit our group that we were going on. Uh, usually we have a group go from uh, Union County Baptist Association. That's here in Mississippi. Right, under the direction of Brother Charles Rogers, who has just recently passed away. He and I worked together on several, several trips. But this particular trip, we had 14 people from our particular church, Angmar Baptist Church, who decided they wanted to go on the trip. So Brother Charles said, you just go ahead and make this a church trip. So that's what we did. And we went to Gardner, Montana. And Gardner, Montana, I'm going to have to ask Sandy to help me just a little bit. But it was established back in the 70s, I believe. Help, Help me out on that. I think it was 1978. 
something like that. So in 1978, her brother and another gentleman, uh, Randy Fitzgerald, and another gentleman, uh, Kenny Gregory, went up there and actually helped start that church. So there was a connection with that church before. I did not know that at the time. (laughs) The Lord did, Billy. When I prayed and I thought about where to go and I announced where we were going, and Mr. Gregory came up and said, well, I helped work on that church. It just kind of blew me away. And while we were there, we found a scrapbook, or they presented us with a scrapbook that showed that there were some people also had gone from Ecru Baptist Church. Which is just down the road from Ingemar. That is correct. Dr. James Speck and Brother Settlemeyer. No. Weaver Stubblefield. Mr. Stubblefield and several others that I don't know real well, but they were very instrumental in the beginning of the church. Nathan, that is honestly the best way to do it, to have a continual relationship and if you can purposely do that, go back at some of the time. We did that in Nicaragua for years, and I would take one group, and then Nathan would take another group to Nicaragua, and we were working with these people in discipleship and evangelism and small group. It really is it, It's a blessing to have a continuation, isn't it? It is the, the healthiest, the, the, the better short-term mission trips uh, become long-term relationships and partnerships. Um, you really don't want to make a practice of uh, going from one different place to the other just for the experience and seeing how many different places you can visit. That's usually not the healthiest way to go about short-term missions. You want to find a place where you can invest in long-term and engage the same people over the you know, course of you know longer period of time. Um, and, and God brings a lot of fruit from that, I believe. And, and it's, it's, a hel- it's healthier for not just you going on the trip, but for the recipients of, of the trip. Again, there's that relationships that we say is vital in the area of mission work. Our other guest, Shirley, got to go on this trip to Montana. And Shirley, tell us a little bit about your experience there in Montana. Okay, we were working with VBS. And so Gardner Baptist Church, that particular day, it was 4th of July, and they were having a fellowship that night, a July 4th celebration. And so I had uh, five different Five other young people that were working with me, four of them were Billy's grandchildren, and then one was a college and career student that um, that's a teacher also. But um, they helped us get together for that Wednesday night, some things that went with the 4th of July, using the colors red, white, and blue, and we tied that in, uh, making these crowds like sparklers, painting uh, fireworks, face painting, making stained glass tissue paper windows with a cross on it. And several of the children came to this outdoor event, and they created their craft. And as they did, they were told Bible verses that related to the country and to Jesus. Some of those was like uh, John eight twelve, Jesus is the light of the world. John eight thirty six, if the Son sets you free, then you're free indeed. So we wanted to celebrate our country's freedom, but also to show how Jesus sets us free. Also, Amen. And um, earlier in the day, we um, the, these young people had made posters to put in stores downtown and flyers to hand out and not making copies of them, but actually doing them by hand. And um, they walked downtown passing out the flyers to the people they met. And they also went house to house handing out the flyers, just telling them about the celebration that night and VBS coming up in the latter part of the week. Well, the first day we had VBS, these young people got everything prepared for the sessions, and we were in the basement of the church where we were going to have VBS. And so we went outside to greet the children that would come and just to lead them downstairs through the little 
puzzle that we had to get downstairs to. And while we were there, we prayed, and then we waited for the people to come. Well, we waited, and we waited, and (laughs) we waited some more. And so the children didn't come. And after a while, one of the ladies that were helping us get situated and all, she said, I just don't think we're going to have anybody. So we have a lot of tourists. The people here are working. You know, I just don't know that they're going to come. So we just kind of, okay, well, a little disappointed, but, you know, okay, we'll do it again tomorrow. And so the next day, these young people took to the streets again, handing out the flyers that they had made and visiting door to door. And as they prepared for that night's VBS, they weren't hampered. They were still as gung-ho as they had been the day before, and they prepared with the same zeal as they had as if there were hundreds going to be coming. Well, again, as the time drew near, we went outside again to wait. But before we could have prayer, when we got outside, there were children coming in. (laughs) So the young people were so excited as they greeted these children. And the joy that they showed these children was amazing to us as, as they took care of each of them and they led them downstairs to start the VBS. And each one of the young people were responsible for a different session. Some were the singing leaders, the Bible story, crafts, snacks, recreation, just like we do here. And it didn't take long for these children to become attached to the young people. They were laughing and hugging the whole time. And the laughter that they had and the attentiveness of the children to listening to the singing and doing the motions and doing the Bible story and the crafts, this was a delight to us. And before they left that night, each child was given a Bible. And so then comes around Sunday, and the young people were, I wonder if the children will be here. I wonder if they'll come to church today. Well, it wasn't long till in the back door, here comes the children. And so they were so excited to see them. And the children were just as eager. And they were very eager to show them, look, we brought our Bible. Look, this is where you signed our Bible. We brought our Bible to, to back to church with us. We are using it. And then after the services, well, there were hugs going around and and the question, of course, will you come back next year? <laughs> will you come back next <laughs> month? <laughs> isn't that what we were talking yeah, about? That's right. And yeah. so um, they made lots of pictures so that they could have the documentation of all these memories. And then they could share those pictures with others when they got back home. Yeah. Listen, when I see her face <laughs> and hear her voice, her love for the children comes across, Nathan. Yeah. Matter of fact. She she can do some mean children's sermons. Uh, I've been there and heard them. They they really teach and reach. And thank you, Shirley. Thank you, Sandy. When you were in 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 Montana, and your husband Buddy went as well. Correct. So talk about that. Uh, you know, Shirley's already talked about Billy going and his wife Kay, who is sitting in the corner, by the way, and said, "I can I can go without talking." Your grandchildren went four. That's correct. And you and your husband went. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how you feel about going as a couple and as a family. Seriously, because we really like to promote family mission trips and couple mission trips here on Exploring Missions. Uh, It's it's an experience for you and your husband to have that same experience rather than one experience and coming back and telling it all. You're right. We we have actually experienced both. he went. He has been to Honduras without me on uh, more than one occasion. We've also been to Honduras together and to Nicaragua together. And um, our daughter went with us to Nicaragua. And it, it is a binding uh, experience when when you go with family members. Um, it's very humbling to to see the situation of other people, and 
makes you realize how blessed you really are. We really are yeah. in the United States. And you come back with a appreciation, but also a, a desire and a you've built a relationship with those people that you don't get over if if you were open to that, that and you pray for them and it stays with you for a while. Right. It does. And and I've seen that and observed that. I've experienced that as well. Well, when you left Montana and headed back to, to Ingemar, and and this kind of this may be I told you I ask easy questions, but I did want to what had you felt like was accomplished? Uh, the goals that you had, you had, you wanted to train children, you wanted to strengthen the church. Was that accomplished, Billy? Uh, yes, definitely strengthening the church and strengthening the children. Because if you don't strengthen your children, then your church is going to, it's actually going to die. And I think that Shirley and the young people gave them a good foundation to work on. That is tremendous. Now, the work that I did is usually mainly construction. And the church there at Gardner is struggling. In fact, they only have five or six active members. The, the church service that we attended had 46 people there, but they were mostly visitors. You know, it's a tourist town. It's a tough town. They don't want to have anything to do with, with the religion or anything like that. They want to just be left alone. So I think we sowed some seeds that will really, really benefit in the future. Nathan, we've talked about going to difficult places, <clears throat> and a lot of times it's foreign countries uh, that have bad governments or the religion is overriding no freedom of, of Christianity coming in. But secularism can really be something to overcome. Just that's gardening. Yeah, it, it can, and it, that can be anywhere, in, you know, in any place. It, it could be in the Bible Belt or outside the Bible Belt. There's pockets of of places where the, the it just seems the spiritual soil is kind of hardened um, and much prayer and even gospel sowing has to occur in those places and sometimes for years and years before you see, you know, some harvest. And, um, you know, going back a little bit, um, it's important to kind of keep in mind um, this, there's basically two types of uh, mission trips that, that you kind of, you want to, you want to kind of keep in mind. One is, where you go and you start something new. Uh, you might start a new work, a new church plant, um, or just very, you know, for like unreached people groups, you're starting from the very early stages of just engaging, entering the culture and, and, and sharing the gospel. Um, and our priority, you know, I think must be there. But there's a second uh, field, mission field, that's very important. And a lot of times it gets neglected uh, and it's places like you guys are talking about in Gardner and all over the U.S. where this, the church is there, but the church needs to be strengthened. And um, if if neglected, then, it'll, you know, it's easier to come in and strengthen something sometimes than to restart it. And so you need to, you know, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to be there for uh, the, the rest of the body. And, and so strengthening uh, trips are, are vitally important. When you think of Paul's second missionary journey, those are exact words that he would use as they would go and start the churches there in Asia Minor. Then they went to Jerusalem, came back to Antioch for a while, and then they decided we need to go back and strengthen the churches that they had started. That's right. And they did that, and he would write letters to them. There's that communication. 
So in our days, not maybe it's email and maybe it's Facebook, but it's staying connected with those people that you've met and those right. relationships are, are yeah. built up. And sometimes strengthening the church, what that means is simply it can be your presence being there is a strength to that to that other fellowship um, and helping assist them in some of the work that they're wanting to carry out, but maybe they don't have the numbers or the resources to be able to do it like a vacation Bible school. So you come in and assist them in that work. Uh, but also sometimes, at least for Paul's case, you know, he, his strengthening the church has sometimes been addressing problems that had occurred, whether <laughs> theological or just practical issues. Uh, and, and it meant also, and I think this is where it really is vitally important, is raising up new leaders is leadership development. And uh, that's super important as we go into these uh, places where the church exists, but we want to strengthen the church. Let's focus on uh, developing new leaders. And there's no other newer, there's no better newer leaders, I think, than children uh, that will, you know, maybe some of these children, it was their first time to come into a church building and uh, first time to read the Bible. And so that's super, super important. I want to, Shirley, you to take this, and it's connected with Nathan. And we've told us our connection with Ingemar Baptist Church. We're talking to Sandy, Shirley, and Billy, Ingemar Baptist Church here in northeast Mississippi. And they they do missions. and But not just going, but also helping. Nathan uh, was in Clarkston, uh, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, and they were doing some things, and your mission group decided y'all wanted to do something to help Nathan. I, that, I just wanted to make that connection. We did. Uh, Nathan had been to church to speak about the things that he was doing in Georgia. And so the Wednesday night, their GAs and RAs um, meet. And to make the missions come alive to them, we sent a message to what would be something that we could help him with. And one of the things was soccer. And uh, so we sent some um, jersey-type things, just uh, I don't even know what they're called, but where they could put them on teams, the different colors, so they could have a little bit more organization in their soccer matches. I wanted to say, does that encourage someone who is out there on the front lines and then a church that you've been to take the initiative on their own not just something you request for, but something to initiate. How, how does that encourage the missionary that's on the field, Nathan? Yeah, I would say beyond just the the gift um, itself, you know, from a practical standpoint, just the um, the no, just knowing that someone else is wanting to engage in in the mission work that that you're you know, on, on the field doing. Uh, someone back home is supporting that. Uh, it it means more than you can say. It's more than a tangible item. Um, and, and it's so, cause you know, prayers go along with, with those gifts and you know that, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to put into words, but, um, I could tell you the story of how the, the, the little practice jerseys were used. Uh, and that's interesting in and of itself, but just the feeling of it and the knowing that you're supported. Um, and a lot of times, you know, the coach that received those, those gifts, he didn't know you guys. He might not have ever been to Mississippi before. And, uh, but him knowing that a church in Mississippi had sent these uh, to help him do the work that God had called him to do um, really meant a lot. And to the, uh, the students that we had, NGAs and RAs, to make it more connected to them, they each wrote a note and attached it to the jersey, and then they prayed over each one of them as they did. So that made a connection with them, even though they were not uh, yeah. actually going. They were 
they were the, the kids that you. wore those jerseys. Um, so the the coach who was a coworker of mine in, in Atlanta, uh, his name is uh, Adrian. Adrian originally was from Sydney, Australia, and uh, so he grew up playing soccer. And so he became he he just put together a a little league in our small little town of uh, you know twelve thousand refugees uh, that had been resettled there outside of Atlanta, and and a lot of those were children with time on their hands with not a lot of activity. And so he said, well, I can coach soccer. I'll put these kids, you know, in a soccer league. And they loved it. And so, you know, you had children from uh, really from unreached people groups coming to the soccer field and people from kids from Nepal, kids from different countries in uh, uh, in Africa, kids from Afghanistan. And they're coming in every practice. Adrian would get to share the gospel with with these children. And, uh, you know, it, it really makes a, just a little gift of a practice soccer jersey can make a huge impact. It makes it. In, in Sydney, Australia, Ingemar, Mississippi, meet in Atlanta, Georgia. That's God. That's <laughs> yeah. how God operates. Yeah. He, he's an amazing God. I, I want, we haven't got a lot of time. I really want to touch this. I love Ingemar Baptist Church. What was amazing, just been through a recent building program, massive building program, and it did not curtail the mission effort. Billy, uh, you were very involved in both. Uh, encourage churches to get their debt paid off so they can spend more money on missions. Do that. Just, exactly. just pour your heart out to them, if exactly. you would. Exactly. Well, I'll give you a little history about our church. You, you know you pastored there. Uh, the church is over 100 years old. We basically packed the church out. We needed somewhere to go. We needed something to do. It was over a five- or six-year period of talking about we need a new sanctuary. And it took about two years when we actually got serious about planning for our new sanctuary. And during that time, we started what we call our building fund. And by the time we actually started uh, our construction, we had about $900,000 that we had collected. Now, what, what I'm telling you now is not bragging on Ingemar Baptist Church. I'm bragging on God. Amen. It's only God through God that these things were happening. Uh, we began to uh, we decided to go with the uh, Mississippi Baptist Convention uh, program called Challenge to Build. We we entered into that on April twentieth, two thousand fourteen. I don't want to bore you with all these dates, but our director of missions, which was Brother Charles Rogers, who has passed on, was a great friend of mine. He was the uh, he overseeing the uh, the mission project there, and we broke ground on t- in 2015. Our first service was uh, August 21st, 2016. That was at a cost of $2,600,000. And we had already raised a million before we started. During the challenge of Bill, we had a goal of a million. We raised that million. That left us with $600,000 to come up with. So we went to the bank and we borrowed about $600,000. That was about two, a little over two years ago. Uh, this past July the 29th, praise God, we paid it off. <laughs> Amen. I mean, God I heard, I heard is your good. pastor, Brother Terry Cotrera, shout all the way. <laughs> oh, I'm telling yeah. you. Amen. I, I'm telling you. Now, you mentioned the fact that we were in a building program. A lot of churches and building programs, they cut back on missions. They cut back on offerings and different things. We never slacked off on missions. While we were there, we 
we uh, kept going with missions, and I'll let Sandy tell you how many we sent on missions this particular year. But for, but before she does that, I want to say this. Even we were raising money, trying to pay this debt off. We were going to Montana. The pastor there had shared with us that he had needs that were unfunded. So I got up in the pulpit one Sunday, and I said, we're going to Gardner, Montana. If anybody would like to assist us with these projects that are unfunded, uh, please do so. Uh, By the time we left, we had collected $2,500. We carried it to the church, and you're talking about encouraging the church. I'm telling you, that, that was really something they were really touched because they have a pastor who is a bi-vocational pastor. He's a full-time fireman, and then he pastors the church. Limited funds, and they needed to get back in their pastorium, which was a wreck. And, you know, those funds were really encouraging to them. But during that time and during paying off the building, I'm going to let Sandy tell you what our church did uh, during that time as far as missions. This summer we had six youth and two adults go to Guatemala through Access International. The 14 of us who went to Gardner, Montana, we had 18 youth and six adults go to uh, Infuge in Nashville last month. And we also had two of our church members who went to Brazil last month. We had uh, three, actually three of our mission trips that overlapped at some point. And um, that doesn't include the ones that went last year. We we had a group that went to Ecuador and... um, where else? <laughs> Vermont? Yeah, yeah. Was it Vermont? Yes, we had Vermont. Vermont. Yes. Yeah, I knew yes. you went to Vermont. And, and what a, I mean, that is a very strategic. And all um, that's on top of just the normal missions giving okay, and support let's that talk you about do. that. In right. Southern Baptist life, you have the Annie Armstrong, which is North American Mission Board. You have Lottie Moon, which is international and state missions. Did y'all guys participate in those or did y'all just let those slide? We no, did. We participated. Uh, in our, our county association, there's 42 churches in our association. We rank number three in the county with our giving while we were in the building program, Amen. which is totally amazing. And like I said, the praise only goes to God. And that's what we wanted to do. I, I had ulterior motives in having you guys here after uh, Dr. Terry told me about paying off that. I said, I want folks to hear this, that yes, these things can be accomplished. Yes, I, I don't build until you need to mm-hmm. uh don't build just okay i want to build because we need something nicer than already nice if it's nice and good and updated praise god use it for his glory but ingomar was at the point the guy had to do something i I'm, i recognize that and yet the mission project continued may god let that tribe increase guys uh, i'm sure nathan that's refreshing to hear and know yeah. that you can do it with God's help. It's not bragging about Ingemar Baptist. It's praising God for what he did through them. I think Amen. more and more churches are kind of catching that vision of, of you know, making missions, giving, sending, uh, activity uh, here and internationally, making that a priority. And, uh, you know, buildings and other programs, those are important too. But, you know, they work together. You know, for God's glory, yeah. and and we can prioritize according to how we see in the Bible that's done. I'd yeah. like to inject this right here, if you real, don't mind. Real quick, ten seconds. Two hundred and fifty conversions since we got into our new building. Amen. Praise God. Woo. Praise, Praise God. God.
thank you, God. Billy, Shirley, Sandy, thank you for being here on Exploring Missions. And we want you to be involved in missions here and around the world, even today. Thank you.